Welcome to the latest podcast about the Community Mental Health Transformation Programme. In today's podcast, you'll hear from Lisa Williams and guests about the Involvement Workstream. Welcome to this latest podcast focusing on the transformation of community mental health care in Staffordshire. Just to note, this podcast is produced jointly with North Staffordshire Combined Healthcare and Midlands Partnership Foundation Trust. My name is Lisa Williams and joining me for this chat today are... Hello, my name's Fiona Moore and I'm the Continuous Improvement Co-Production Lead at Midlands Partnership. Hello, I'm Kirsten Marshall and I'm one of the Participation and Co-Production Coordinators for South Staffordshire. Hello, I'm Veronica Kremlin. I'm Patient Experience Facilitator and Volunteer Coordinator at North Staff's Combined Healthcare Trust. Welcome and thank you so much for your time today. So in this podcast, we're going to be focusing on involvement and how important this is to transforming community mental health services. So I'm going to start with Fiona for the first question. Um, so can you talk me through why involvement is such an important part of the community mental health transformation in Staffordshire and Stoke-on-Trent? Yes, so co-production and involvement is a way of working that involves people who use health and care services, carers and communities in service design, development, delivery and evaluation. Co-production starts from the idea that no one group or person is more important than anybody else, regardless of their job title or role. Working together in equal and collaborative relationships is at the core of the transformation. During the process, communication, relationships, perceptions and attitudes have been challenged and transformed. And this has meant that we've been able to form meaningful and productive working partnerships between staff and people with lived experience. Um, and this has helped br bridge the gap that service users might feel between themselves and staff. Through the transformation, we've seen a real shift in culture towards true co-production, which can only lead to more successful and effective treatment outcomes for people who are using our services and their carers. Co-production and involvement is, is our default approach. This means that first and foremost, we're able to focus on actually what matters to people who are using our services and our aim for the transformations more likely to succeed and be sustained. This is about making services about the people who use them as those who use services and their carers are best placed to help co-design them. Thanks, Fiona. So, Veronica, I'm just going to go to you for the next question. Um, so, obviously, co-production and involvement is a huge part of this transformation. Um, but could you talk about what changes have happened so far as a result of service user and carer involvement? Fiona actually has helped already talk about that from a co-production perspective that that service users and carers have been involved right from the beginning in the decisions made about how services across both trusts should start to look based on the feedback from service users and carers in both trusts, which has been a really important starting point. So they actually were there right from the beginning in, in putting the bid together and talking about what they would hope to get and what we needed within services. So those changes started 
um, just over 12 months ago now and uh, are really embedded in that sense of them being involved with pathways into services in how services work i'm thinking particularly of the what what are categorized as rehabilitation services and because most trusts had slightly different ways of approaching those services and had different setups although they're still unique to each area they actually have had involvement and um, contributions from people who access those services to look at how we make them more consistent across the trust so i think pathways particularly and how new teams have developed in response to what's been identified as needed also um through that service user and care involvement a lot of emphasis placed around peer support and the value of peer support came through very strongly so there have been developments with peer support and peer workers being employed um, across the trust with co-production as well being at the center of that so new roles that weren't there previously and also um, within North Staffs combined, we have mental health liaison um, based in primary care, which again is very different from what has previously happened. So looking at how all our services link up, so not just as a trust, but with our primary care colleagues, with our third sector colleagues, lots of joint working and lots of ways of service users and carers being involved with those things. Um, we the, They've contributed to the website that's been developed, um, particularly uh, at Nostas, the, the emphasis there was on our carers because we were aware that the website wasn't um, really what was recognised as needed for carers, so they, they co-produced that with us. And uh, yeah, Lots of other things, but I probably need to stop in some ways because otherwise I'll carry on talking. Thanks, Veronica. So I'll move to the next question to Kirsten. So it sounds like there's been lots of opportunities for people to get involved. Um, but Kirsten, can you tell us what work has taken place to boost involvement so far? Hi, Lisa. Yeah, so there's been a lot of a lot of different work to boost involvement. Um, things like community networking, networking at community events, talking to people about the transformation project and encouraging involvement that way. Um, also talking to clinicians that work with people and getting word out about how we want people's involvement, how we want service user and carer voices throughout the organisation, helping make those important decisions and help it, helping to influence positive change. Um, most recently, we've been looking at redesigning our comms and getting some more leaflets, some redesign of leaflets um, to advertise um, that we want involvement and participation throughout the service. So that's actually been done as well with um, some service user and carer involvement. Um, and we've looked at kind of making that as accessible as possible. Um, so hopefully soon we'll have some new leaflets out to advertise opportunities. Um, it's also been kind of speaking to different people and finding out what opportunities within um, the trust there are for co-production 
and looking at at every level can we get co-production involved so finding out different opportunities from assisting with um with courses or looking at lo looking at the things that we we send out leaflets and things like that and could we could we get those co-produced um to having people attend meetings giving feedback and having the surface user voice very very much present um to help influence that positive change when decisions are being made Thanks, Kirsten. So, yeah, plenty going on there. Um, so I think it might be quite good um, if I go to you, um, Fiona, here, just to talk about the types of opportunities that are available and what might be available, just so we can paint a little bit of a picture um, for people who might want to get involved. So, yeah, Fiona, if you could talk us through that. Yes, thanks, Lisa. So um, I think Veronica and Kirsten may have mentioned some of these, but we did be begin our transformation journey back in November 2020, so quite some time ago. Um, and people with lived experience were involved in co-producing our bid for the transformation, um, our rules of engagement and the visual model of what the future services would look like. And since then, we've had um, numerous workshops um, focusing on um, different subjects. So personality disorders, rehabilitation services, eating disorders, self-harm, care planning, social media, and that's just naming a few of them. Um, people have joined us for drop-in sessions as well and have informed some of our procurement processes and carers have co-produced carer-specific information on the Trust website. We've also been engaging with underrepresented groups. So those are groups of people who may have a mental health need but aren't necessarily accessing our services. So using a population health management approach, using local knowledge, we've identified and engaged with groups of people. Um, so, for example, men over 40, younger and older adults, asylum seekers, refugees, Eastern European and Muslim communities and many more. Um, and this engagement's helped us to develop priorities in order to reduce some of the health inequalities affecting local people and their communities. So using this approach, we're now working closely with partners from the voluntary sector, charities, community enterprise organisations to reduce health inequalities specifically for those under underrepresented groups that we've been working with. Um, people who, who use our services and their carers have been involved at all levels of the transformation and continue to be so from steering delivery, health inequalities groups and mental health service redesign right through to the evaluation of those services to make sure that we're achieving what, what we aim to do. They've joined us to co-produce communications, including leaflets and social media content, and they're active members within our co-production and involvement collaborative as well. So there's multiple opportunities for people to join us on this transformation journey. We're beginning a series of care planning workshops in December, and we're looking for people with lived experience and the carers to co-produce the workshops and also to come to them. People can join our involvement collaborative, can get involved in redesigning pathways, recruiting new staff, co-producing information such as our welcome pack and leaflets, um, and also to join a new a new forum that we started in January that we're co-producing, which will 
um, focus on listening to people's experiences of care to make sure that their voices are heard in some of our senior leadership meetings throughout the transformation. So we always provide people with guidance and ongoing support through their involvement journey um, and people can be involved in the way that's most appropriate to them, whether this is attending a meeting or having a one to one discussion. And we always communicate with people using their preferred methods. So some people will be comfortable using virtual means such as Microsoft Teams. Some people may just want to do it by email or phone. So we always take that into account when we're engaging with people. And it's something that's very individual to that person. Making everything accessible in this way, it ensures that everybody has not the same opportunity, but an equal opportunity to participate fully in an activity in the way that best suits them. And this removes any barriers to their participation. Thanks, Fiona. Sounds like um, it's really accessible, which is obviously really positive. Um, so the next question, I'll move to Veronica. So. Obviously, both trusts benefit from involving service users and carers when we're looking at decisions for transformation. Um, so, Veronica, can you talk us through how being involved um, in the transformation can benefit service users and their carers? The opportunity for service users and carers to be involved, the benefits to themselves, some of the feedback is about that having their voice heard and actually shaping services for others in the future has been a really important aspect for people of getting involved in the first place. So some people have sort of said, well, maybe it won't make a lot of difference to my own journey because I'm where I am now. But actually for people coming through, that is really important that there's also that opportunity to think about different ways of services being delivered. Um, and again, that, that sense of um, the importance of, of being heard. So I keep coming back to being heard, but that that is a thread that runs through the it does build confidence. Um, it gives that sense of getting involved in something in a different way. It gives opportunities to network with others that may be in a similar service to yourself, or it could be a totally different service, but there's something there about recognising that people aren't on their own has been really helpful as well. And that continuing, that recognition that they, they can have some power to make a change and influence how we do go forward with services, and not just within our own trust services, but the fact that with the primary care networks, it is in primary care that they can help influence and in third sector organisations that we're partnering with and working with, there can be opportunities there. And through those organisations, they also learn about other things that they can actually uh, access themselves that they may not have thought about previously. And I, yeah, there's lots of things actually that could be training as well uh, within the trust. So. If there's something they'd like to do, but they're unsure about, then they can access some training through ourselves and that support to do some of those things. So they may not be very uh, comfortable with a computer, but we can support them by going through uh, how to use Microsoft Teams, for instance, or how to 
access Zoom or whatever in, in those senses. So it's also building for some of them a, a portfolio moving forward that possibly they think if they feel they want to progress into paid roles at some stage, that also happens and has happened with people that have been involved previously. It could be that they have an interest in research, so they get an opportunity to work with the, the team that's doing the evaluation and research and they learn things and, and build on skills that way. So I think that's really important. And I think one of the things that we do look at is there's a lot of strengths that they bring with them from other experiences that they have in life that actually they can build on and utilise uh, not just for us, but for themselves as well. Thank you. Sorry, Nika. That, that sounds great. Um, yeah, so there's lots of lots of reasons why people would probably want to get involved um, if they're listening to this podcast. So Kirsten, if someone is listening right now and they want to get involved, what would be the best way to reach out? There's a number of different ways that people can reach out to get involved. Um, always by speaking to one of the uh, participation and co-production coordinators. Um, we have an email address, so I'll just read that out for you. So that is mh-transformation at mpft.nhs.uk. Um, so send an email to us, tell us that you want to get involved and one of us will get in contact, discuss different opportunities, discuss um, your lived experience, your knowledge and your skill set and different ways that you may wish to get involved. I think it's also important to say that, you know, people's, people's ability to get involved and the time commitments and stuff will, will be completely different. It'll differ from person to person. Any involvement is, even if it's only minimal, um, people can only give a short period of their time, it is still hugely valuable. Um, also, you can contact us um, via phone. So we've we've got a number of different leaflets, and on the leaflets they'll have phone numbers accessible. Um, one of the phone numbers is 07972661246. Um, or equally pick up one of the leaflets if you see them around scan the QR code on some of the leaflets that's QR codes which will take you directly to a form that you can fill in about how you want to get involved um, or equally you know you get the number off the leaflet or the email address click on the link and contact us lived experience is kind of is absolutely crucial to what we're doing and everybody everybody no matter what their experience everybody has something different to bring and a different knowledge and it's we just want to harness all that that wealth of experience and knowledge that people have and use it to positively influence our services um people's voices matter and and can make a phenomenal i can't say this word phenomenal change <laughs> Thanks, Kirsten. Um, so that's all from us for this Community Mental Health Transformation podcast. I'd like to thank our guests, Fiona, Veronica and Kirsten. And of course, thank you for our listeners for tuning in. Mm -hmm.